0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Pran Single Mom Podcast, a podcast with the intention of bringing ease to Christian single moms all over the world, as we discuss weekly real life issues such as parenting, mental health, childhood trauma, domestic violence, and much more. I'm your host, Lakeisha Cody, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Pran Single Mom podcast. I am so excited to be on. Tonight, we do have a special guest, Miss Lacey Allison, and I am so excited to have her on. So excited to hear what she has to pour out and give us on tonight. And so without further ado, our podcasting title on tonight is going to be Pushing Through Brokenness, Life After Divorce. And listen, I've been divorced twice and I I think I was divorced twice at the age of 25. And so this this, uh, (laughs) title for me, this podcast episode is going to be everything I already know it. But again, thank you so much, Lacey, for just saying yes and deciding to get on and share your story and share what God is doing in your life. And so tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Yeah, so um, my name is Lacey. I am um, the mom of a two year old. Um, I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I am a digital marketing consultant. Um, I'm a realtor. Um, I've done a prayer journal, a book, um, licensed minister. Um, that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely a lot. And so um, we decide. we both decided on the topic, pushing through brokenness. And honestly, I came across one of the statuses that you post. One thing that I noticed about you really early on was that you were, uh, super transparent. Now, I don't think we have been following each other for very long. I don't know if this is a new thing with you being as transparent as you are now, but tell us a little bit about what caused you to just branch into this moment of transparency that you have. Yeah. And
1: it's crazy because I I literally just did like an Instagram story about um, me being transparent. And I've always been like this. Um, for some reason, I just feel like that that is part of like my calling is to be transparent. And even just today, when I was talking about it on Instagram, like I've and I've, I've always known from a professional sense that God has given me the gift of storytelling. And that's what I've done. Um, I majored in journalism. I've always been a writer. Um, I love to write. Um, And I've been in digital marketing. So I do a lot of storytelling in the digital space. Um, And I realized like, wow, like, God, you gave me this gift of storytelling, not only from a professional sense, but also like for ministry, because, you know, when it comes to things that I experience, I always feel like for some reason, like it's my job or my calling to tell people what I've gone through and not just what I've gone through, but you know, what I have, like how I've made it out. Um, that's, you know, from everything from like trauma and things that I've experienced to, things, um, goals that I've hit and successes that I've had. Um, I know a lot of people in this day and age, especially like in the entrepreneurship space, a lot of people can be gatekeepers and they don't want to share resources. They don't want to share connections. They don't want to share, you know, information, but that's, that's never been me. Like I'm always, I've always been someone like, if I have the knowledge, if I have the resources to help someone, I'm going to help you. So I guess like my my part of my transparency kind of stems from that of if I have that is this experience and if I you know have have a a knowledge of how I've made it through like I'm going to share that with someone else in hopes that that'll that'll help them.
0: Man, that's so good, honestly, because I've always been super transparent. But lately, as I'm growing, I'm learning the difference between being transparent and oversharing. Um, okay. I, you know, I was just like, God, I'm always seems like everything <laughs> that I deal with, <laughs> I've always been super transparent. But what I find in that transparency, I get the messages, you know, I get the text messages like, man, I needed that. You have no idea how much I needed that. So there's so much power in our transparency transparency, right? And you said that you are a minister. And so as ministers, young ministers at that, uh, there's a pressure to perform. Have you ever dealt with trying to perform for the sake of saving face or for the sake of, uh, I don't want people to know that it ain't what it really seems to be?
1: Yeah. So um, I feel like I have been I feel like I've tried to be pushed into that box, um, not just in my previous marriage, but also in other situations um, where people people always people don't always understand the calling of being transparent and the calling of being someone who is um, who shares your testimony, right? because they look at it and they see you putting, you know, your business out there or whatever. And I like what you said, there's a difference between being transparent and oversharing. Um, and I try to tell people like, I'm transparent, but y'all don't like, on social media, y'all don't know half of my life. Like there's a totally different size that I, side that I don't put out there because either A, it's somebody's business or B, it's something that God hasn't, you know, released me to share. And so, even though I share a lot, I don't share. Um, I don't share everything. And so, I've definitely been um, pushed into those situations where um, people want me to, you know, not talk about certain things, not say certain things, you know, make it seem like it's, you know, better than it actually was. Um, but at the end of the day, like that's not who I am. And so, you know, even though at one point I think I probably fell into that a little bit. And I probably, um, you know, like stifled what I was saying and kind of censored a little bit of what I was saying. Um, I realized like,
0: that's not
1: who I am. And that's not who God has called me to be.
0: Man. I love how you said that there's a calling to being transparent. I've never heard (laughs) that before. Like, okay, God, I love that because listen, everybody can't handle you know, being transparent. They can't, you cannot. And
1: it's like, I mean, if you're transparent and you are showing people the struggles, like, let's be real. It kind of makes you look, you know, crazy sometimes. And, you know, not everyone can handle that because there are some people like they can't handle that pressure and they can't handle like the criticism and the ridicule that goes along with people knowing like what it really is. You know, like it's one thing for people to see, the positive and the good side of your life and say, oh, this is so amazing. Like you look so good. You look so successful. Yada yada yada. But it's another for them to see you struggle. Like who really wants to be seen in the phase or in the season where they're struggling? Like nobody wants that. I don't want that. Like I don't, I don't always be wanting to share like, you know, some of the things that I'm going through or the fact that I'm like really struggling. But again, I know that it's what God wants me to do. And at the end of the day, like I gave God a yes a long time ago and it's too late to turn back now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that. And I was actually given a word maybe about three years ago that I would deliver others as I am being delivered. Mm-hmm. And so what that meant to me and what I'm figuring out is, Even in my transparent moments, I believe it's how we bounce back from it. It's everything. and It's so empowering to be able to step outside of that box because I went through a season where I pretended. I went through a season where I performed and it's easy to fall back into that trap. Right. And so just having the courage. First of all, it takes courage to put your business out there. Um, but also because after you put your business out there you really out there now like what okay what now what I'm going to do next and so I feel like it's so empowering and so I just I applaud you for that I really do (laughs) and so uh one of the questions that I want to ask you is to describe brokenness in your terms in Lacey's terms
1: yeah so I I mean brokenness is like such a complex thing um I think for me, being broken is being, not, not feeling like yourself and having part of yourself, part of your core, your, your heart, your soul, having that shattered, um, shattered by a person, shattered by a situation, um, shattered by depression, whatever that looks like. But to me, um, that is what it means to be broken.
0: Yeah. Shattered, crushed. Yeah. All of those type of things. And um, one thing about being broken, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And um, what, if you don't mind sharing, what led to your current season of brokenness?
1: So this current season of brokenness was definitely led. Um, it definitely came after uh, I was, I went through a divorce. Um, I was married um, went through, got pregnant, went through a divorce. Actually, I was pregnant before i married. Just put that out there. I was pregnant before I was married. Um, and then went through a divorce. And, um, of course we all know nobody, you know, gets married to get divorced. And so, um, even though it was my decision to leave, um, it was still a very, it was still a tough season. And, uh, what, what people don't realize is that, Um, especially people that follow me on social media for a, for a while, they saw me like, like living my life completely happy, like traveling, you know, having fun with friends. Um, but there were still moments behind that and underneath that where I was still experiencing a lot, um, of effects from that divorce. And being that we are co-parenting, you know, co-parenting is hard. It is very tough. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard when you are going through a divorce and you have a small child and you're trying to co-parent. And so there were a lot of really rough moments, um, behind that. And so I, um, I, I mean, I, at first I, I didn't really want to share that part of the divorce. Um, but I felt like it was really important for people to understand, um, that it wasn't all perfect. You know, there was a reason why I left. Um, And even after that, I was still trying to, you know, pick up the pieces like it was it was tough trying to navigate that. Um, and again, even though I made the decision to left, like to leave, there was still like a a healing process that had to take place. Like there was still a lot of processing that had to take place. And, um, I ended up, so I've been in therapy, like for quite a few years, like off and on. But of course, like when I, um, left my ex, I decided to get back to therapy, found an amazing therapist and, um, in the process of trying to process through my divorce, I learned so much about myself Um, and I learned a lot about how even my past traumas, like from years and years ago, um, you know, carried through into my adult life. And, um, you know, I'm not going to act like it was, it was all his fault. You know, there were things that I could have done differently as well. And that's kind of one of the things that I learned in therapy is how things that I've experienced like a long time ago are still affecting me to this day and just really, how to process through that and how to heal through those things.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um and so how long have you been divorced?
1: So um I was I was separated in June June July of 2021. Um and in the state of North Carolina, um you have to be separate, you have to live apart for a year before you can actually file for a divorce. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that you have to live apart for I don't know if they think like they're trying to give you time to like decide if you want to get back with the person or what, but um you have to legally live apart for a year before you can file for a divorce. And so we separated June twenty twenty one, and then um filed around I think October twenty twenty two, and um the paperwork and everything was finalized December of last year.
0: Wow. So what was that separation period like? Being that you know, and and one thing like being women of God, and when you have to make a decision like that for one it's a big decision and it's not an easy decision, but what was that period even before the divorce from June all the way up until the divorce finalized? Did you have your moments where you were going back and forth with that thing? Like, you know, is, am I making the right decision or was your mind made up?
1: Yeah. So like for the most part, um, for the most part during the separation, like my mind was made up that like, you know, I wanted to be divorced, Um, there were definitely a lot of highs and a a lot of lows. And um, one thing that sometimes people don't understand about going through a divorce is you can leave that person, but also still be sad that you left that person. Like you can be, you know, happily, you know, single or happily separated or what have you, but also still be mourning the fact that your marriage is over. And so you can like, it. it it's hard because you, you start to get conflicted. It's like, okay, I know that this is not what I want, but also why am I feeling sad? Why do I feel this heaviness? Why do I feel like I'm grieving almost? But that's really what it is. It's a grieving process because, you know, no matter how, what happened during the marriage, no matter how traumatic it was or whatever you went through, it's still a transition period and it's still literally a grieving process that you have to go through. And so if you know anything about the stages of grief, you know, you go through sadness, you go through anger, you go through questioning, you have moments of being really happy, you have moments of being sad. And that's literally what it was like for me during that time. And then especially leading up, like once we got like the paperwork and the court date and everything like that. And I realized, oh wow, like this is really about to be final. Um, there was definitely like a moment there where I was like, okay, am I making the right decision? Because once the ink dries, like it's going to be, this is going to be it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I knew for me during that, po- during that season of like having to be separated that year and a half, I had grown so much as a person like Mm -hmm. so much as a person to where like, I was not the same person I was a year and a half ago. So if I would have like really been contemplating, like maybe, you know, a month or two months, like after we separated, like maybe like we could have worked something out, but like a year and a half later, like I was a brand new person and there was no way that I could go back.
0: Yeah. You know, they say that women already have their minds made up Prior to going down and filing that uh, paper, prior to <laughs> seeking that divorce lawyer, by those times, we already have our mind made up. It's like, it's already something that's taking place in your heart. And I remember um, my second divorce after I had been married for five years. I remember like prior to getting that attorney, my mind was, all, I was already out of it yeah. at yeah. that point, you know, because before that point, we do what we feel like all we can. Yeah. At that point, help. you're like, OK, if I call this lawyer, you know, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, sometimes men, they still feel like they still there's still some hope there. But by that time, it's already done for us. Could you speak on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I, uh, people that are kind of
1: like close to me, um, because I feel like the things that we kind of went through in our in my marriage, like I wasn't, you know, super, super vocal about it, even to people that were close to us. And so people were kind of confused when I left. Um, but like, I tried to explain, like leading up to that point, like, of course we went through like premarital counseling, but we had also like went through marriage counseling, like after we got married to try to like, you know, fix the issues that we were starting to have. And um, like, I just, like, I we kept trying to make it work. I kept trying to make it work. And um, there was even a moment where I told him like, if this does not get fixed, then I am going to leave. And it did not get fixed. and I was like, okay, that's it. But like, you know, leading up to that, like, I literally like tried to to do what I could. like I tried to go through counseling. I tried to we tried to talk it out and all that stuff, but it's just like, yeah, like once I mean I had made I had made up my mind, like I think I, I had made up my mind, but I was trying to still like stay to you know give it the benefit of the doubt see if it's going to get better like see if we can really make it work but by the time that like that day that I left like I was I was out
0: yeah yeah and so you said you were a totally different person a year and a half later um I'm sure at that moment you just felt liberated a little bit even though you went through those stages of grief um I'm pretty sure it's like an up and down thing. One day you feel like you got it, the next day you feel like you don't. And now you're a single mom and I'm pretty sure that plays a large part or a large role in those emotions that you deal with. And so I'm pretty sure you had moments or times where you felt like giving up, Um, not going back, but just throwing in a towel with a lot of different things. Um, At what point did you feel like you had to push through instead of giving up? That is every single day.
1: (laughs) Literally every single day. I have to tell myself like, you got this, like we can keep going. Like, I mean, there have been, there's so, there have been so many moments almost daily where I feel like giving up where it's just like, it's, it's rough. It's hard. Like, you know, I have a two-year-old, so she's in the midst of like her terrific twos, you know, tantruming a lot. Like, just needing, you know, mommy's attention, but I'm also trying to like work and build businesses and I do a lot of volunteer work. So just juggling like all of these things, it's like, I have those moments all the time, but it's like, I look at my daughter and I'm just like, okay, there's no alternative here. Like, I can't just lay down and crumble. I can't just give up. Like, I have to keep going. If this is not working, all right, let's 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 cry about it for like two minutes and then we're going to pick it back up and we're going to figure out what else we got to do. Like We're going to come up with plan B, C, D, whatever we
0: got to do. But I have those moments a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think as single moms, we really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we really don't have a choice. I mean, you can have a support system, but uh, you really don't have a choice but to keep going. I know there's some things out there I was listening to a podcast the other day and it talked about uh the term pushing through um that you know, we should be able to work through instead of push through. But at moments, as a single mom, you literally feel like you said, it's an everyday thing. There's every single day um, I saw you post something about overstimulation and I had just did a podcast episode on that. You know, these are some of the things that we don't talk about because motherhood, although it's beautiful. What about the days when you're dealing with the tough moments? What about the days when you feel like life just hit you like a ton of bricks? You know, you have to push through. Because right. you can't give up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I try to tell, I try to tell other single moms and I try to tell like my friends and stuff, you know, life is really busy when you are a mom and when you're a working mom and especially a working single mom. And like one way that we can all, we can try to combat combat that is by finding those little moments like to ourselves. So if it's like five, 10, you know, 15 minutes after you put the baby to bed, you know, you give yourself like an at-home facial. You take a bubble bath. Or, you know, you just sit down and listen to relaxing music and just breathe, just like do some breathing exercises, but like find little moments every single day to refill your own cup.
0: That's so good. And then that's something that we have to remember is to refill our cup um, without feeling guilty about it. Um, One of the biggest things that I've dealt with as a mom is mom guilt. I think I recently posted in my community yesterday, uh, you know, what do you do on lazy days? Like, because sometimes it's like, I could be doing this. I, I need to be doing that. I could be, you know, doing whatever. Like you said, we're pursuing this life that God has given us. But what do you do, you know, in those moments where, Honestly, you just don't feel like doing anything. So I'll ask you that question. In moments where you just feel lazy or you just don't feel like doing anything, do you give yourself grace? Do you make yourself do something? Do you find something to do or do you just be present in that moment? I mean, it depends on
1: like what I what I have to do. And I've been trying to be a lot better about it lately because um, I do beat myself up a lot. And so I try to, um, I try while I try to give myself grace, <clears throat> I try to also like not um, pack too much on my to-do list. And so I started kind of implementing this thing called the big three. And I pick three things every day that I can accomplish. And yes, I have other stuff on my list. If I get to it, that's great. That's amazing. But if not, like let's try to focus on these three things. Um, But on those days, even when I don't have like, you know, the energy to even do those three things, um, I may try to do just one thing. And that's it. And like, I know that I gave my I gave today my all like whatever that looks like, like give give the day your best,
0: whatever that is for you. I love that. I love that. Giving the day your best. I think that's so important. That's Mm -hmm. so important. Now, these are one of the questions that literally I just got the download on when I thought of the word divorce. As a minister, as a woman of God, as someone who serves God, do you ever struggle with the thought that you could have possibly, um, that you're possibly outside of the will of God by the decision that you made? Has God given you reassurance that this is what You're moving in the right direction, or do you kind of struggle with um not whether or not you should have stayed, but God, you know, did I really hear you correctly?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because I'm I'm currently experiencing like a very, very rough season right now. Um, just in between like careers and trying to build businesses and consulting work being really slow. And that was honestly one of my thoughts, like am I outside of the will of God? Is the divorce something that pushed me outside of the will of God? Um, But I feel like even through all of the things that I'm experiencing experiencing right now, I still have this like sense of peace that everything is going to be okay. And that for me is reassurance. Like even though what I see is really difficult and what I see looks like a mountain, that feeling of peace reminds me that God is still with me. Like no matter where I go, no matter what I do.
0: Yeah. Peace is the key word for me. And it has been the key word for me, especially sometimes uh, you find Christians, the church, they'll try to put things on you. Like you're going through all of that because you made a decision that you made, or you're going through all of that because of your decisions. And I, I do believe that our decisions play an important role in what we deal with in life. But I also understand that we go through seasons and we go through processes, but one thing, um, that is the indicator that you are in the will of God is that peace that you have the peace yeah. which surpasses all understanding. Right. Um, regardless of what's happening, I may not understand what I'm dealing with right now, God, but I have a certain peace about this thing. Like I, I, I'm hopeful for what's to come. And so I love that if anybody is listening right now and you're like, OK, OK there's a peace that I have. I, I just think peace is an important indicator that you are in the will of God. And also we got to learn how to not measure whether or not we're in the will of God based on our circumstances. Cause sometimes that'll throw you off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That'll for throw sure. you off for sure. If you could, uh, speak to the woman that you were, Prior to going through this journey, prior to going to this, going through this divorce, mm-hmm. you know the the emotions that you were dealing with, um, the uncertainties. If you could speak to that woman prior to signing those papers, what would you tell her?
1: Um, I would say, girl, you got this. I would say, girl, you got this, and. I feel like for the most part, like I've I've always I've known that like you know I can get through this. Like I've experienced it, a lot of other things in my life, and like I've seen God's hand in my life so many times. It's how yeah, He's like gotten me through a season, and I think that I think that I would also pat that girl on the back because even then, like there was so much that she was you know still feeling hurt from, from the divorce and trying to n- navigate co-parenting. And so I would tell her that you got this and I would tell her that
0: I see you and you're going to make it through. I love that so much. Um, that actually just brought so much reassurance to me. And I know it's going to bring reassurance to a lot of women who are listening in, um, one of the topics that we don't hear about enough in the church is divorce, Mm -hmm. um, because you hear a lot about marriages. And um, so it's like, what about the women? who Who's went through divorces? You know, where does that leave us? Um, And so I guess my question for you would be, are you hopeful for love again? I am hopeful for love again. I have always been, and
1: I know people use that term hopeless romantic. I don't know if that's, I mean, it, it means that you believe in love. I don't think it's really hopeless. Uh, But that's who I am. Like I've always been someone who, you know, loves the fairy tales. I love the rom-com movies. Like I love seeing people's real life love stories. And so um, I know that that is is one of the desires of my heart. And I believe that God honors the desires of our hearts. And so I'm very confident that one day I will be married again and it will be a marriage um, that is healthy. And that is one that I've always dreamed about.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I dealt with, too, um, early, literally after I signed the papers, it was like within the first three months, I experienced like heat like never before. I was (laughs) like, God, what in the world is this? I just felt like, oh, my God, you know. Um, I dealt with, you know, is he the one? Is he the one? You know, when am I going to get married again? Do you have those moments where you kind of feel like you're in heat for the next marriage? Um, where are you with that in your moment of singleness?
1: I'm honestly like, I mean, I have my days where I'm like, you know, it would be nice to like, you know, have someone, it would be nice to, you know, go out on a date or whatever. Um, And I I date here and there, but I think that I am so focused right now on um, my career and building my businesses and being a mom um, that if it happens, it happens. And I love this place that I'm in because even before I got married, I was someone who like really wanted to be married, like- you know, like I told you, like I've always believed in like the fairy tale loves and stuff. So I, w- I always wanted that, and so <laughs> I was always looking for that. And so I love this place that I'm in right now, where it's just like I'm cool, like I'm chilling, um, like I enjoy, you know, taking myself out on dates. I enjoy traveling. Like I, I literally enjoy my own company. And so this feels like a really good place. So I keep telling people, like the next person. The next relationship is going to have to, it's going to have to feel better than my singleness because like this place that I'm in right now, like it's so free and it's so good and it's so fun. And I just like, I enjoy being by myself. (laughs) Oh, talk to
0: us. (laughs) The next relationship is going to have to feel better than our singleness. Come on, somebody. And so I have to agree. And I think that's an excellent place to be. There's a book by Miles Monroe called Waiting and Dating. And he talked about the best place to be is in a place where you don't feel like you need marriage. You want it, you desire it, but you're like, okay, if it happens, it happens. And so I feel like that's a great place to be in. Um, Like you said, I have my moments as well where I'm like, man, you know, the social media posts that you see on like uh, Valentine days, all of those things yeah. don't help. <laughs> but being able to take yourself out to lunch, being able to just date yourself, being able to look in the mirror, you know, we have our days when we don't feel as cute. But when yeah. you do get cute, being able to say compliment yourself, being able yeah. to just feel good about you without needing that validation from the man, I feel like that's the best place to be in. And so I love that. I love that girl. I love when you said the next relationship is going to have to feel better than my singleness because I love me and I feel like that's so powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just have so, I have so much peace, like, you know, being single right now. And so like that, it, it just has to be better than that. Like it has to be either as peaceful or just even, even better than that.
0: I love that I love that so we're gonna get ready and wrap it up. Um, if you could speak to that woman who's newly divorced um, and who just doesn't feel like things are going to get better I know you spoke to who you were but if you could just encourage or pour into a woman that is listening in right now who may have been divorced even for a year um, and she's just like man I don't I don't even know what to do right now I just feel lost I don't feel wanted. Um, if you can encourage her, what would you say?
1: I would first say to make sure that you have a strong support system and not just of people, you know, who love and adore you, but also people who are in your shoes or who have been in your shoes. Find at least one person you can connect with and someone that can, you know, genuinely encourage you and also listen to what you're going through. Um, But I would also just remind that woman that, um, you know, divorce does not define you does not change who you are. Um, it may help you grow. It may push you into a different season or make you evolve into a new version of yourself, but there's nothing broken about you. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, you are still amazing just as you are. And um, even though this season probably seems really tough, it seems lonely, you're gonna see a lot of things and hear a lot of things that are gonna make you upset and make you angry but give yourself the space to process through those emotions. Give yourself space to sit in your feelings and understand what you're feeling and then pick yourself up and figure out what you got to do next. So I always tell my friends, like, if you're going through something, if you're having a tough day, you have 24 hours to cry about it. And then after that, we all get up And we're going to find what we got to do next to keep pushing. And so that's my word to you is to keep pushing. Focus on one thing, one day, one task at a time and just keep pushing.
0: I love that. I love that. So thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, One thing that we do here on the praying single mom podcast is pray. So if you can close us out in prayer, you know, just praying over those who have been recently divorced, who may be experiencing hurt and brokenness. Um, If you can just close us out in prayer and then we'll go from there. Sure. God, we thank you for this time of conversation. God, we thank you
1: for Um, every word that has been shared, God, we hope that this podcast, this time has been pleasing in your sight. God, we thank you for every person, every woman, every sister, every mother, God, that is watching this replay. God, we thank you for their life. God, we thank you for Um, what you are doing in in their lives, God. We thank you for how you are even touching them right now, God, as they are watching this podcast, God. Every woman that is feeling a sense of brokenness, God. Every woman that is feeling a sense of shame, God. Every woman that is feeling a sense of guilt, God. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you are clearing that away, God. You are giving them a new identity, God. We thank you for the new sense of peace that they will feel, God. Even tonight, God, as they sleep, God, may they have a good rest, God. A sweet rest, God. May they not toss and turn, God. May they not be tormented. God, we just thank you for their families. God, we thank you for their children. God, we thank you for their ministries. God, may their hands be blessed. God, every single thing that they touch, everything that they put their hands to God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you that you are easing their pain. Oh God, we thank you that you are lifting every single burden. Oh God. And we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we give you all of the glory, all of the honor in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. And I just pray that the Lord will continue to bless you, that he will continue to lead and guide you and give you strength, give you strength, courage, wisdom, clarity, whatever it is that you've been hoping and praying for in this season of brokenness. I know that, um, you know, that joy is here, that joy is here. I see like, you know, it just peeking out behind the clouds, your sunshine is coming. And so I just pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength in this season. I pray that he will continue to give you that support system, even even if you have it, that you'll begin to feel that love that you need. And I pray even in your motherhood, that even the days where you feel weak, that you'll continue to lean into God's presence like never before, even in this season, even as it relates to, you know, you Going into singleness even more, pursuing that path and paving the way. And I just thank you, Father God, Father God, that you are blessing the works of her hands, oh God. And thank you for opening up doors, um, even doors that seems like they have closed. So God, I thank you for new doors. I thank you for new rooms, new platforms, new opportunities. And Father God, we just bless you for her life. We bless you for her child's life, Father God. And we just bless you, Father God, that you're ordering her steps in Jesus name. Amen. And so again, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed this episode. I know it's going to bless so many people. And for those of you who are listening in, um, how can they uh, follow you on social media? So you can follow me on social media at Homes by Lacey on Instagram um, or follow me at The Elevated Woman. Awesome. 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 All right. All right, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Pran Single Mom podcast. And you guys be blessed.